0: The SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet to get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and get started today. And make sure to download the SGP and app. It is your home for all of our free picks and our podcasts. Happy. Happy Tuesday to you out there in fantasy football land. It is our Tuesday show, which means we are covering the USFL in the fantasy football realm. As always, joining me is Justin Mark. We were treated to uh, some football. Wow, man. Uh, Pardon me, folks. Listen, springtime in California is amazing, only in the fact that it's uh, nice weather, but if you have allergies like me, it is your worst enemy. So, uh, forgive any sniffling, forgive any coughing uh, that you may hear over the course of the show. I will try to keep it at a minimum. But, again, I will say, welcome in. Justin, uh, I mean, look, like I said, we were, we were treated to some football. There was some good, and then there was some not so good. But, overall, I'm happy that we made it to week three. Uh, looking forward to a week four.
1: Absolutely. One undefeated team remains. Just one.
0: Just one. Isn't that crazy though? I mean, so we we came into the week, the two teams without a win were playing, the two teams that didn't have a loss were playing. It's kind of a weird how that shook out. And I mean the schedule makers obviously didn't know, but that's what we got.
1: It must be scripted. It it's must be the only be. answer.
0: <laughs> but look, only one team proved that they deserved to be the record that they were. And we'll get into that in a second. But I think that, that team that game between the undefeated teams uh was a lot more uh, well fought in my opinion i guess both of them proved why they they were 2-0 and at the same time but um you know to me I, I feel like only one team really proved exactly what they were at the end of the day so agreed uh, did you have a good fantasy day
1: um yes and no so we have our quote-unquote expert league <laughs> um I'd like to point out there are two teams that are undefeated so far, and that would be me and my wife. However, for total points, she is kicking all of our butts. Um, And then uh, in our other listener league, I suffered a loss by three points, just three points. I sometimes would rather lose by 30 than three yeah
0: because at least then you know there's no a combination of players that could have gotten you that win with 30 points three you're like ah man if i'd have just started this guy over this guy or whatever but but now we're three weeks into this and we're starting to see some tendencies take shape obviously between week one and week two still some flukes that are out there still some uh, players that didn't show up in week one or weren't even on the field on week one that all of a sudden came out in week two but now after three weeks of play we're starting to see who the players like the best who quarterbacks like the best which defenses are actually for real and which ones just had a soft schedule to begin with uh so now is where we really start making our hay as we enter the uh second third of the season and and really i think the heart of what we're looking at with this 10 game schedule so as we do, let us begin by breaking down uh, last week's games and talking about some fantasy performances, some folks that uh, you may have on your rosters or that you may hear and want on your rosters. And then, of course, after the break, we'll break down six players uh, that off the waiver wire that we think should be added to your week four rosters. So, Justin, are you ready to rock? Let's do it. Let's do it. Loading up the clock, we start with the first game of the week. It was the Tampa Bay Bandits licking their wounds after their loss against the Houston Gamblers, who were also licking their wounds after a loss. This game, Justin, I had chosen the Houston Gamblers to beat the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, It came close, uh, but unfortunately they did not. 27 to 26 was the final score. This game was a lot closer than I think Most people gave uh, the Houston Gamblers credit for because, again, Tampa Bay came in with the sexy quarterback named Tomu, and everybody wanted a piece of him. Uh, But unfortunately, yeah, the Gamblers were able to keep it close.
1: Yeah, very close game, very competitive. Um, Probably the best game all week. Um, Gamblers couldn't quite pull it off, just lost by that point, and it was a good bounce back for the Bandits. Um, You got to give them that. They kept in that game and um, just kept driving.
0: Kept driving until the very end, and then they punted with 4:45 to go. That that to me, I know field position. I get it. I understand. You know, you're at your 48. You, you kind of don't want to give the ball up at that point. But the way he or the way uh, uh, that was going, they should have just kept going. I mean, they were up 24-26. Their their defense wasn't stopping Tommy. They probably should just would have went for it. In my opinion, I don't know. I know it was fourth and 14, but. What the heck, man? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Gamble a little bit, especially when you've got him on the ropes and you got him up. Uh, but that whole drive was fraught with danger. Anyways, from a fantasy perspective, uh, you look at the the likes of Ta'amu. He was 21 to 36, 255, a touchdown, an interception. Justin, I still don't think he looked as impressive as these numbers even say.
1: Yeah, he's um, still kind of, you know, a 50-50 quarterback. You got a touchdown, you got an interception, 58% completion percentage, um, real up and down play. And like you said, the numbers don't always reflect that. But um, yeah, it's it's the same that we've seen in three weeks now, up and down.
0: I think he got bailed out quite a bit, especially by his receiver. Um, and and man, I, t- I got to tell you, there was a lot of great performances. Derek Dillon- Obviously, with a huge game, six catches, 124 yards, and a touchdown. But I feel like him, you know, he was bailing people out left and right. Uh, And then we saw the emergence of Jawan Washington, 15 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. uh, Surpassing B.J. Emmons, who, you know, again, was coming in as the de facto number one. But here we are. This is the third week. We're starting to see where it tails out. Uh, B.J. Emmons, nine carries, 37 yards. Uh, But Tom, who did have that rushing touchdown as well, carried the ball six times for 29. Six times for 29 yards, so um, again, not a barn-burning offensive day, really, by any comparison. I mean, the the numbers say one thing, but I still feel like Houston should have won that game.
1: Agreed. Yeah, their their rushing attack definitely is a weakness of theirs. Um, Juwan Washington did put up some good numbers, finally, for them, but um, still only 65 yards. B.J. Emmons, who was around the three- um, yards per carry average did bump up to 4.1. So the offensive line, I think, stepped it up a little bit. But you still want to see more out of them if they want to continue to be competitors.
0: And and you're going to need to see it, uh, you know, because, again, they could have probably easily wiped the floor with them if they were about as good as they were supposed to be, right? I mean, this Tampa Bay team, I'm not going to say it's not good. I, I can't. I, three weeks in, I get it. it they're good. But they probably should have handled – the gamblers a little easier than they did. The gamblers gave them a lot. Uh, Rashad Davis uh, was another one of the receivers that stepped up four for 57. uh, And then, of course, we'll talk about Vince Papali later. But, uh, yeah, I mean, up and down the road, he got a lot of his receivers involved. Uh, Although Cheyenne O'Grady, two catches, 14 yards, not a big factor like he he thought we figured in in the first couple of weeks. So uh, if you had O'Grady, sorry, he hasn't showed up for you in the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, that was a guy that I think eleven targets in week one. And we thought, man, this is gonna be the guy that leads the tight ends if it keeps up like this, but he's not been able to repeat that performance.
0: Nope. Daquan Hampton, five targets, one catch for 10 yards. So that is the bandit side of the ball. Let's head over to the gamblers. Clayton Thorson looked really good, in my opinion. I mean, look, this is a this is a guy that not a lot of people were very high on coming into it. Uh, but he had 15 to 24, 240, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh but the story of the day my friend is Mark Thompson 24 carries 147 yards the leading rusher in the USFL by a mile 6 yards per carry one touchdown broke that long 55 yarder just a beautiful day by Mark Thompson.
1: Yeah he's really starting to set himself above the the rest of the running backs on all the teams um 80% of the backfield usage this past week he's at 64% overall, that's the highest in the league. So, he's definitely uh setting himself apart um and not only by usage, but effectiveness, 5.87 yards per carry average through 3 weeks.
0: I love me a good running game. This is why I love the Gamblers as much as I do is because they do not shy away from that and Thompson has definitely been rewarding them for their game plan. Dalen Dawkins came in 5 carries, 10 yards. And then Thorson carried once for three. So, I mean, again, this was a a team with a rushing identity, and and Tampa was really having a hard time stopping Thompson all day long. And if it weren't for that last drive, I'm telling you right now, that last drive, I just feel like they would have been a lot better off had they been able to keep Thompson really going, right, just to kill the clock. But unfortunately, that was the one drive that the run game actually let them down. So that's frustrating. Uh, When Thorson was running the ball... Uh, Anthony Ratliff-Williams uh, came down with two catches, 85 yards and a touchdown uh, with the long 57-yarder. Isaiah Zuber putting in work, three catches, 73 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Simmons with four for 22 and, uh, you know, smattering of other. Uh, Barnes-Thompson and T.O. Redding with a catch as well. Receiving team, you know, only down to about three or four people that were actually catching the ball on a regular basis. So uh, they're going to need to clean that up, I think, if they, if they want to go forward with this.
1: Agreed, and a name to continue to watch. Tyler Simmons didn't have as big of a game as he did last week, but six targets, he led the target share there.
0: He sure did. Zuber looked good. I really liked the way Zuber played. I, and I, Ratliff Williams also making a couple of good catches there too. I mean, none of these catches were, were all that bad. But Zuber, to me, even after week one, I mean, we saw Zuber do well in week one, and now here he is in week three still making noise. Um, and I think both of these guys are pretty hungry and want to show that they're not just a running team in Houston, that they're actually some pass catchers that can catch the ball. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, and really, when you you come down to it, I said it before, that this game was decided on that last drive because Houston did have it. um, And Tom, who really did, got bailed out, especially on that last drive. I really feel like he got bailed out uh, by a big play. And if that big play did not happen, then we could have been looking at a Houston win Instead of, uh, you know, instead of a Houston loss.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, Like you said, they just could not get that run game to uh, bail them out at the end of the game there. Probably because the defense was just expecting it. Uh, Maybe should have added a little more um, trickery in there or something. Creativity, I guess. But um, it is what it is. And they got to correct it and hope to come out ahead next week.
0: I mean, fear the gamblers going forward. And really, again, if you're, if you're, I don't want to say you're ever going to give up on Mark Thompson. You're definitely not going to want to have him off of your roster. But if you're plentiful at running back and you need something in in the wide receiver area, double up, you know, find yourself a two for one. Get, get a couple of good receivers for Mark Thompson because um, you're probably not going to get a higher price than you are now for him. So you can get yourself a couple of good, good wide receivers in this, Uh, draft and maybe we'll even talk about a couple of them coming up that maybe you want to start trading for uh, to make a push in the second part of your season. All right, let's move over to, we talked about the uh, two undefeateds that locked horns Birmingham Stallions taking on the New Orleans Breakers Ah, I feel so terrible because New Orleans just could not get out of their own way this game and really did not look like the Breakers that we saw, especially last week
1: yeah, agreed. Um, I think the the Stallions' defense is the the one unit that really stepped up in this game overall. Um, kind of held the Breakers in check, and I was a little surprised to see that.
0: Well, I think we all were because we we expected the Breakers' defense to be the one you know that come out and just kill it. So, uh, not that they didn't, but still, Jamar Smith for the Stallions, fifteen of thirty eight, one hundred ninety seven yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, eight rushes, fifty-nine yards. Continues to lead this team, uh, in rushing. Like there's no CJ Marable, sixteen carries, but he only averaged two point two yards per carry to finish with thirty-six yards. Tony Brooks James came in five rushes for twenty yards. Uh, you know, and then our boy Jalen Ramsey finally got a catch or even a rush actually one one rush for eight yards. He got to a touch is what I meant to say. Um, but you know, if you stop Jamar, you stop the Stallions. It's as simple as that. But unfortunately, no team has been able to do that yet. And and I I got to think that that's frustrating for anybody that's played them so far.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I mean he and he only threw for 39%, but he made the throws that counted and then his rushing ability has been um very good to escape pressure and move the chains. Um, It worries me a little bit once Magoo is fully healthy. Do they give him another shot and maybe go to like a dual system like the generals are running um, from a fantasy perspective? We obviously don't want to see that, but um, something to keep an eye on if he continues to only throw for
0: 39%. Yeah. Again, if you have Jamar and you are waiting on whether or not Magoo is going to come back, then... Um... You know, it, it, I know it's frustrating because you want Jamar to be the guy, you want him to be the main guy, but unfortunately, it's going to come to a point where Magoo is going to be healthy. And you look at Jamar over the last three weeks; he's at seventeen and a half fantasy points, eighteen point two six, and last week with nineteen point seven eight. So he's getting you outstanding production week after week after week. So you know, if Magoo comes in to take a chunk of that, you're not going to be very happy. So. Uh, all right, when he did make the throws, we did talk about the fact that he made the throws accounted. Victor Bolden Jr. was the beneficiary of most of them. He had six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. And then uh, Angeline came in with four catches, as tight end for 66 yards. Um, and then Williams, one catch, a big 47 yard touchdown. Uh, that was a big one. C.J. Maribel got involved in the passing game a little bit, four catches for 14 yards. Uh, again, just a, a, a not necessarily huge day for any one receiver other than maybe Bolden um but an effective day especially for his big tight end.
1: yeah, I want to go back real quick and um, hit on those rush stats our boy Peyton Ramsey had one carry for eight yards um, wasn't much but you know it was exciting to see him get involved uh, Vic Bolden continues to absorb a huge target share so if like you were saying earlier if you are, um, heavy on running backs and you need a wide receiver that's going to be getting a lot of targets, that's definitely a name to keep in mind and to look for.
0: Absolutely. And and he looks good, too. That That's really the thing about it. He looks really good on that end as well. Uh, all right, sure. let's move over to the uh, breakers side of it where Kyle Sloter, off of a huge day, wasn't bad. 26-47, 242 touchdowns. Uh, unfortunately, that interception, which was not a, a very good, Uh, That might have been the difference. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, 26-47, 242 touchdowns. I mean, what were your takeaways between this week and and last week for Cal Slaughter?
1: Yeah, um, they just weren't as efficient. It seemed like last week they could do nothing wrong. And this week they weren't bad, but um, it just didn't have the same consistency.
0: Yeah, I mean, he still leads the league in passing yards with 656, so it's not like he, he's completely horrible, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you just did not have that same sort of, I, I guess, urgency or even really sort of, I don't know, that oomph, that fire <laughs> that you get yeah. <laughs> out of that. Um, all right, and then uh, Ellis came in to carry the ball. 25 carries for 90 yards for them, but my, my thing is, I was curious, we all knew Ellis was going to run the ball, but Larry Rose finally got in there. Six carries, 16 yards. Is this a guy, I mean, he only averaged 2.7 yards per carry, but uh, when he did come in, he he just, he looked like he was ready to run.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting um, having him once TJ Logan is back as well. Um, it's gonna, you know, kind of take away some of the fantasy value of all these guys, but TJ Logan, as far as running game and passing game in the first two weeks made a pretty big impact. And I wonder if maybe that's why they were not as um, consistent as they have been. So if he does come back, I don't know if Rose is going to be utilized any, it seems like they're pretty content with Ellis and Logan, but I guess we'll see.
0: Well, I mean, for Jordan Ellis, he he had 14.9 points in week one, 6.9 points in week two, 9.6. So he had that big week one and then kind of fell off the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I mean, maybe they are waiting for him to come back.
1: For sure. And, yeah, and Rose, maybe, you know, he did look like he was ready to ready to run the ball but maybe he's just shaking some rust off with that 2.7 yards per carry and perhaps he will uh, be able to jump back in next week now that he's had some more usage and gameplay and will be a little more comfortable.
0: I mean I I was all in on Rose too though to be honest with you that, that was one of my preseason guys that I was very very high on because I, I saw him I watched him play in in the AAF and just I knew it was good so uh, hopefully he does get a chance to do it. All right, on the receiving side of the ball, it was Johnny Dixon. That guy's name was being called quite often. Seven catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Really amazing touch. You want to talk about getting bailed out? <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, Slaughter got bailed out a couple of times by by Johnny Dixon uh, in that. And then Sal Canella, the tight end, six catches, 64 yards. Really good day. Uh, Poindexter finally showing up. Sean Poindexter, four catches, 34 yards. Um... Yeah, I mean, again, he kind of spread the ball around, did Kyle Sloter?
1: Yeah, he really did. I mean, Dixon had 22% of the target share, Canelo 22%, Poindexter 20%. Um, Jonathan Adams was targeted five times. He only had one catch for 10 yards, but that was 11%. So um, from a fantasy perspective, you're always encouraged when you see the ball spread out like that, because that means there's opportunities for multiple guys to make impacts on teams. Um but yeah, Dixon obviously on the show with the two touchdowns. Two
0: decent fantasy days in a row, or weeks in a row, rather. Uh, 12 points the week before, and then 23 points this week, obviously with the two touchdowns. So building on a little bit of something there in New Orleans. Uh, again, the final score for this one, 22-13. And I, I feel like still this was one that the New Orleans Breakers probably could have won uh, were it not for a couple of just unfortunate things, a fumble uh on on one drive they followed up with a block pump but then the kicking game they missed a field goal that could have been there you know just a lot of little mistakes throughout the entire game and i think it had just added up
1: yeah for sure and something that i always have to keep in mind you know when it's late in the game and it's a nine point game i'm like uh it's over they got no chance but they could have a 10 point play touchdown and three points and they're ahead so uh never truly out of the game because of that and so that's that's something I always kind of forget and then it's like oh yeah they could win this
0: I know they kept saying in the XFL or I'm sorry the XFL in the USFL well I mean you know they had that too but in the USFL there's a three-point play you can have (laughs) and I was like oh yeah you're right it could be a nine-pointer uh so they could have come back but yeah didn't do it that's all right Breakers are still a good team, I think. And I know the Panthers are just going to be fierce going through. Um, And I don't know if they were very high of the Panthers. The Stallions. I'm looking (laughs) at (sighs) allergies, kids. No joke. I need to go uh, load myself up with some antihistamines and pass out. All right. All right. So we move on now to the uh, Mahlers and the Panthers. I almost wanted to skip this game, Justin, because – I mean, we're going to spend most of the time talking about how bad Pittsburgh really looked this time versus what they were. And I, I'll, I'll admit, I got caught in the hype. I thought, yeah, Pittsburgh looking good. Finally, Jordan Love finally getting some uh, some good. S- oh, Josh Love, not Jordan Love. <laughs> uh,
1: potato, <that's-> potato,
0: potato, potato, <laughs> potato Man, Rod. Uh, yeah. So Josh, Josh Love looking pretty good with the San Jose State Connections. But no, big fat zero on the board for Pittsburgh as they lose to Michigan uh, 24 to nothing. This game offered no, nothing in the, in the way of anything other than we saw Paxton Lynch for the first time uh, actually start the game and then we saw him promptly go out of the game. So <laughs> thoughts on this game, Justin?
1: Yeah. Um, only 197 passing yards between all four quarterbacks that played. (laughs) So that's crazy. But, um, Paxton Lynch, he, he got in there and 38% completion percentage before he hurt his ankle. He did look effective running the ball. Um, he had two carries, I think for 21 yards. And and Shea Patterson came in and we saw some of the same, yet somehow they, they win the game 24 to nothing. So I don't know if that's just a testament to how bad the Maulers are. I, like you, thought after they were so competitive against the Stars last week, they were going to come in and win this game, and then they can't even put uh, anything on the, the scoreboard. So I was very displeased by how they didn't show up.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talked about the Panthers. You talked about uh, Paxton Lynch, three of eight 23 yards, averaged 2.9 yards in the whole deal. Then Shea Patterson comes in, 8 for 17, 49 yards. He, too, averaged 2.9 yards for <laughs> completion. No touchdowns, no interceptions. A QB rating for Paxson Lynch of 45.8. A QB rating for Shea Patterson of 53.8. It was that dismal. But they still won because... Reggie Corbin comes out of nowhere, 20 carries, 133 yards, uh, a hell of a day on the ground. He had a touchdown. Stevie Scott came in, 13 carries, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Scarlett comes in, five carries, 33 yards. uh, And then Paxton Lynch actually had that touchdown run earlier. So uh, a three-headed monster emerging over there now running the ball.
1: Certainly seems like they're willing to give them all a shot at running the ball. Um, Corbin looked really good, and he had a six point six yard per carry average. Scarlet also had six point six and Stevie Scott at four point two. So when your worst yard per carry average for running backs four point two, that is still pretty good.
0: I mean, it was an ole job though for for the whole Mahlers defense, who was supposed to be better than they were, to be honest with you. It just I don't understand it. they they played the stars so tough. And then just came out and rolled out the red carpet for a, a Panthers team that hadn't been able to figure anything out at all. So, and I just, they were like, here, you can have your first win of the season. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but Reggie Corbin, you know, a, a guy that you talked about nothing in week, in week one, obviously, because he wasn't even there. Three points the next week. Then he blows up for 19.3. So we talk about trying to find consistency in that, and it's, it's different. Uh, di- it's <laughs> difficult. Lance Lenore catching the ball four times for 41 yards, and then uh, Ross comes in for four for 26. So we, we talked about the fact that there was not very many yards to go around in the passing game, but Lance Lenore somebody you still want to keep an eye on.
1: For sure. He leads the league for target share percentage um, through three weeks. He's at 34% of the target share. So even though they're not passing the ball for many yards, he's getting the bulk of that so definitely somebody to keep your eye on and um maybe even you know because he's not putting up great points people aren't very high on him and you can get him at a good price
0: yep cuz that next week he's going to blow up for 10 catches like nothing right he'll, he'll <laughs> yeah. get all the targets he'll get 10 catches it'll only be for maybe like 30 yards or 40 yards but at least it'll be 10 <laughs> catches in uh, <laughs> a PPR, that's all you need is just give me all the all the catches on the team then. Uh, all right, for the Maulers, uh, Josh Love, after such a big week, came in 10 for 19, 83 yards, didn't even break 100 yards, could not get anything going. Kyle Loletta spells him for us a, a little bit. 9 of 12, not any better, 42 yards. It was bad. Even on the ground, they couldn't get anything going. Madre London, 11 carries, 68 yards. Garrett Grosick, 10 carries, 28 yards. Just a dismal day uh, all around for for passing and running.
1: Yeah, and we got to um, throw a shout out to ourselves here. We said Madre London was somebody to maybe pick up because of how many times he was running the ball and how many times the Maulers run the ball. And then the next week he gets more carries than Garrett Groshek. So, and I think more targets. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on to see who's actually going to be leading that backfield.
0: Yeah, Madre got four catches for eight yards. I mean, that, that's four receptions. We talked about, it doesn't really matter how many. Just give me the receptions. Yep. That's yep. all I care. Uh, it could have been better for yardage, but he still got four of those swing ca- uh, catches, which was good. Um, Trey Walker led the team in receiving five catches, 58 yards. But I passed that. Mack, two for 18. for two for 11. Thomas, two for 11. Groshek finally had a catch for one. Hardaway got involved. <laughs> with a catch for four i mean a lot of a lot of guys making catches just not doing much with them
1: well and when your quarterbacks are averaging 4.4 and 3.5 yards per pass um gosh rod i feel like we could do that couldn't we (laughs)
0: look i could (laughs) i definitely could but i don't know that i'd want to because i don't want to take the hits man those guys are taking some hits out
1: there touche
0: I'm telling you, it's they put their bodies on the line, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm like, you guys have fun because, yeah, you'll you'll take those absorb those hits, but I won't. Um, all right, but the question is now, does this make you gun shy on on anybody other than maybe like Madre London or or I mean, I know we're gonna talk about somebody later on down the road in in oh uh, no, we're not actually we have to talk about Trey Walker, but Trey Walker, should we should we try a little something on Trey Walker?
1: definitely worth keeping your eye on because of the target share seems to be getting the the majority of the looks there so um it's just a matter of if you can trust that passing game and right now i don't think you can
0: i mean look if you're looking for like a flex deep dig and and you're in a really deep league and nobody has trey walker right now uh he got 8.3 points last week so in a, in a down game he at least came up with something that, that is better than zero, which some people are getting other, you know, still getting right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. I thought I was going to be sneaky and pick him up in our expert league, but that was Joe Walker that was available, not Trey Walker. So.
0: <laughs> and guess who has <laughs> Trey Walker in our experts league? You do. No.
1: Do you? No.
0: Your wife has him. Oh, does she? Yes. Of course she does. <laughs> of course she does, because guess what? She still listens, and she pays attention to everything that's going on. Yeah, she's got Trey Walker right now. Uh, I don't. I and I have to go back through the tools to see if she picked him up or she actually drafted him. But um, yeah, I mean, she's probably going to have the leading receiver on that team when it's all said and done by the end of it. (laughs) So, uh, all right, we move on to the last game of the weekend, which thankfully was better than than the actual game that was before it. Uh, and that was the New Jersey Generals taking on the Philadelphia Stars. I will stand by the fact that this game would have been a hell of a lot different of an outcome had Brian Scott not been forced to leave early enough in the game. But you've got to give it to that guy. He's got some grit, man. He stayed out. He wanted to play. You could see the absolute defeat in his eyes that he couldn't come back in. Um, I I still will stand by my Brian Scott call.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And he's I feel like if as I watch each game, he's been hit the most through three weeks. That offensive line has not done a great job protecting him. And the fact that he's still having the success that he's having is definitely impressive.
0: He had to he and the first couple of of weeks you saw him, he had to be on the move quite often. And those the the Mm -hmm. interceptions that he threw were yeah, I mean, I'm sure he would he would tell you they were bad decisions that he probably could have done something differently but you know it was a bad decision mixed with him having to be forced into that earlier than he wanted to be too one thing I will say is that I wish I would have seen him I I, look I get it I get you're dejected I get you're a a fierce competitor I love that you wear your heart on your sleeve but when you know you're out of the game jump in and start helping out right away like get that team fired up and rallied jump by your quarterback jump by your, your your uh your backup you know get him ready to go like Don't, don't mope. Just get in there, man. Get in there and fight. Get your team rallied and get it around you because that's, that's a true leader right there. But all right, uh, let's, let's talk about the stars, two quarterback system. Damn it. Justin, it just continues to work.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it really does. It's crazy.
0: But, but we did get to see that it actually kind of gave way because Perez is who we thought he was. All right. I'm going to play. I wish I had that clip because he is what we thought he was. Eight for 15, <laughs> 75 yards. It, look, he's the passing quarterback, yes, but he's not passing. So you got to do something different. So that's why when uh, Johnson came in, six of eight, he didn't pass very much. 130 yards. He actually had some, some good catches. But where he tore everybody up was on the ground 11 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. But my man. Oh, Mr. Williams, 19 carries, 110 yards. That was another good day. We saw a lot of good running back performances this week.
1: Absolutely. The only thing that made his day not as good was Victor stealing his two touchdowns. But um, Darius Victor running for two touchdowns, of course. Williams putting in the bulk of the yards there. And like you said, Donder Johnson tearing it up on the ground. Um, I, I realize he does not pass as much as Perez, but he has a better completion percentage I still think you get more consistency if you pick one, and I think it's got to be Johnson because of how dangerous he is on the ground.
0: I have a feeling we said something like that in the beginning of the season. (laughs) I I mean, look, I don't know. I don't got to go back and check the tapes, but I know we were pounding the drum for DeAndre Johnson to start over Perez, and I think we might have started to see the fruits of that this week but yeah i mean you gotta hand it up i loved watching trey williams run man i i always have i think that was another preseason guy that i came in talking pretty decent about uh but darius victor yeah coming in the sledgehammer he carried 13 yard or 13 times though for 51 yards so it wasn't like he had a terrible day on the ground it's just trey williams was having a better one uh but Cavante turpin that's another guy you got to keep an eye on. Three carries, 14 yards. He didn't get any, you know, he didn't get cute, but he got key carries. He was fast around the edge, got a couple of first downs. They're going to use him more and more and more because he not only did that, but he came in and caught five catches, 78 yards as well, uh, targeted five times in this game. So Cavante Turpin, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's um obviously got elite speed. He's a very dangerous playmaker and They want to get him the ball in the passing game and the running game. That's good for um, fantasy managers because it's a matter of time before he breaks a catch wide open, breaks a run wide open, anything. You know, this is um, treat him similar how you would treat a Debo Samuel as far as value. He's getting involved more and more and will get um, a lot of points going forward, I think.
0: Speaking of more and more, uh, Trey Williams also got involved in the passing game four for 44. Darius Victor caught three passes for 31 yards. So, you know, we we, d- we talked about the fact that they couldn't get a, a, a giant passing game going, but what they got was good enough, <laughs> to be honest with you.
1: For sure, yeah. And then Woody Brand, Brandum um, targeted three times. He had a 48-yard catch, um, and I just found out today his real first name is Woodman, um, but everybody started calling him Woody. But <laughs> anyways, um, I think with the targets there, and watching him run the ball, he's, he's a very good run blocker as well, and we know they like to run the ball, so he's in the game a lot. Definitely a, a tight end to watch.
0: Definitely a tight end. Yeah, I, I keep an eye on him for sure. Uh, all right, let's move over to the stars. Uh, Brian Scott, before he exited, was 9 of 13, 84 yards and a touchdown. Case Cookus, our first – I'm sorry, Cookus? Kuk, the, the announcer said it like 15 different ways. but
1: uh, Yeah, I I'm, always thought it was Cookus, yeah, but I'm not sure.
0: I'm going to go with Cookus too because Cookus doesn't yeah. – I'm sorry, case If whatever it is. Uh, 13 of 20 for 146 yards and a touchdown. Look for all that, that we talk about. Brian Scott cook has looked good.
1: He did. He moved around the pocket. Well, he threw the ball. Well, um, obviously no turnovers and like no interceptions, 65% completion percentage. Um, that's, that's exactly what you need when your, your second quarterback has to come off the bench. Um, it kept them in the game, Obviously, they didn't win, but it at least kept them in it.
0: Keep an eye on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com for our week four injury reports. Uh, our, our own fantasy doc, Sebastian Ferron, will let you know about Brian Scott and his uh, week four availability. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that that knee is better. Uh, that way, then he can line up again and play. But yeah, I mean, to me, like I said, this this would have been a better uh, situation had he stayed in rushing wise, not much to be honest with you. Thirty-one yards total on the ground between Paul Terry, uh, Reggie Colburn, and and obviously Cook has had a couple of carries too. But Paul Terry, six of seventeen; Colburn, two for thirteen. Not much in the way of the run game.
1: And I think that's where you see the difference in Cookus and Scott. They can continuously throw the ball with Scott in there and move effectively and win ball games. Um, if he's unable to play and cook gets the start, they got to get this run game going. They have to run it more than 10 times. Um, because I mean, they have good backs. I know they were without Darnell Holland this week, but he really didn't have an impact last week. Um, so I think they, they just have to get a little more creative and run the ball more often.
0: But you know, Terry in and of his own right is a good running back. So, you mm-hmm. know, to me that, that, I don't know why they didn't lean on him a little more. Uh, maybe because game script obviously them being down dictated them having to throw a little more but i don't know we'll see uh but where paul terry did contribute quite a bit was in the receiving game he had eight catches for 52 yards uh but your boy bug once again finding the end zone four of 78 uh yeah you, you love you some bug
1: i do um 78 yards and the touchdown he's Like we said last week, he's kind of like a receiver, not a tight end, right? I mean, you look at him and he looks like a wide receiver. He runs like a wide receiver. And right now, among all tight ends, he leads in yardage and touchdowns. So I'm sticking to my Bug Howard number one tight end. And so far,
0: so good. Although we did find <laughs> out that his name came because he bugged his grandma too much. <laughs> yes. He's not bugging fantasy managers too much, I'll tell you that much right now. Not at all. <laughs> uh, Jordan Sewell getting involved as well, 4 for 61. Uh, Delvin Gray, 3 for 19. DeAndre Overton, 2 for 15. So, uh, again, you know, this this offense looks a, a little bit different with Brian Scott at the helm. But Case Cook is still doing an admirable job uh, rolling in for him. So, Yeah, I mean, going forward, it really does depend on whether or not uh, we're going to see Brian Scott or not. I mean, and even still, even if we get another week of Cookus, uh, a game plan around him could do wonders. So again, the same players are involved for the stars as far as fantasy is concerned. But yeah, when we come back, we're going to talk about six players to keep an eye on for week four on the waiver wires. Uh, So, yeah, we will be right back after. Talk about our friends at WinBet. Make sure to get down on WinBet's $10 to win $200 promotion where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets plus. The WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same-game parlays with the wins own Build Your Own Bet feature. All users, that means you, can receive a $20 free bet when you win, lose, or push a three-plus-leg Build Your Own Bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. You can take advantage of the offer On the NBA playoffs, there's so much to choose from and all you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit WINBET.com to get started. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I love coffee. Justin just saw me take a gigantic sip of my last bit of Trade Coffee, so I need to go get more. You need to go get more because, look, Trade Coffee is not just coffee. It is coffee that is actually connected personally to you from the freshest and best-tasting coffee that you'll ever have with this company. They will actually look for your perfect coffee. You need to get down on this because I love coffee. When coffee is good for me, and I know you're gonna love coffee that is absolutely good for you. It delivers a big bag of fresh roasted coffee, whole beans are ground however you brew it at home, and they guarantee you're gonna love the coffee that they pick for you, or they will replace it for free. All you gotta do is answer a couple of questions. You're gonna get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered straight to you. I'm telling you right now, you gotta do it. They've got 5 million bags of fresh coffee delivered with more than 750,000 positive reviews. That's a lot of happy coffee customers. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com/sgp. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free, so get started by taking the quiz at drinktrade.com/sgp and let Trade Find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP. Don't forget about Mother's Day. It's coming up. Trade subscription is going to make you a very popular person at home and a perfect gift for the coffee lover in your life. We're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamin, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of these things. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy... Athletic Greens is going to give you a free 1-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com/sgp. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/sgp to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. IP Vanish. Did you know, folks, that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, ISPs, other prying eyes. That is why I use IP Vanish VPN. And I make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting one 100% 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible. It is literally that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing your speed, computer, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for you listening at home with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use the promotional code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash S-G-P-N. Game recaps are complete. And now it is time to give you some names of who to look for as you navigate the week four waiver wire in your USFL contests on altfantasysports.com Justin six names you've picked three really good ones in my opinion uh, I, I'm anxious to hear your cases for these guys but uh, what the first one is is a name that I lo- I know that everybody wants to make a thing so I want to hear why you're going to make it a thing this week when we turn to Vince Pabali
1: yeah it's just because his father what no I'm just kidding um, so <laughs> He's he's definitely somebody that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, getting a closer look at. So he only had nine percent of the target share week one. Um, Cheyenne O'Grady had thirty four percent that week, so that was a huge um, skew of stats there. Week two, he was tied for second, um, and then with fourteen percent, and then week three, he was tied for first with seventeen percent. His target share continues to go up. They cut Jordan Lasley. And I think Vinny Papali is going to start absorbing some of that. Um, and he's tied for second or he, sorry, he's not tied. He's second on the team in target share with 14% overall. I just think he's somebody that's going to continue to get more and more involved. You know, that first week it kind of pulled his numbers down because he wasn't as involved. Um, he hasn't put up huge numbers yet, but I think it's a matter of time with the target share he is getting Um you know, the bandits, we have that up and down, um, passing offense, but I do think they can move the ball. And I think he's somebody that he will reward you in the long run as he continues to get more comfortable. And Tom who continues to get more comfortable with him,
0: I may be down, Onto Amu. And you may hear me really underplay what I, a, a, a quarterback he is. But, again, don't get me wrong. I understand that he is a good quarterback, and he's still one of the top quarterbacks in this league as far as talent is concerned. Do the numbers always back it up? Nah, you could probably argue, yes, they do. Uh, but I test, man. This is the thing about me and fantasy football, all right? I get that there are hardcore statisticians out there. I get that there are folks that will pound the ground for every morsel of stat that there is. Justin, I know you're one of those guys. Uh, <laughs> but for me, the eye test goes a very long way. The feel of the game, the way that things progress, it's, it's, you can't undersell that stuff. So we're three weeks in. Ta'amu has already showed us probably both sides of his, his, uh, his personality. So I feel like if he settles down in the middle of him, any weapon that he has on the field with them is going to be fantasy relevant. And yes, Vinny Papali, I think we're starting to see, like you said, especially with the target share, the emergence of him actually getting and growing into a a receiver that Tampa could trust going forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The only person that has more target share is O'Grady, and we've seen the past two weeks, he didn't have much target share. It was mainly because of that week one. So for wide receivers, Papali leads them, and I think that's going to continue to be a thing, especially now that Lasley was cut. So um, I I think the majority of those targets are going, or sorry, not Lasley, Papali's way. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of time before he turns that into more yards and touchdowns.
0: The, what it is for me, I think it's Papali is showing that he is going to be the guy that can make those tough plays. Uh, that one that, that one catch that he made on the sideline earlier that definitely you could see Ta'amu was like, yeah, okay, that, that was that's what I wanted. And then Papali himself knew that that was a hell of a catch and that he kind of gained a little more confidence out of that. So um, I like that pickup if he's available in your league. If somebody's sleeping on him, uh, go get him. And, and, you know, again, that might be somebody that you can load up a couple of of your running backs, uh, periphery running backs for, if somebody's not really paying attention and they just saw the fact that he only scored three points last week and and none the week before. So if you got a stat watcher and somebody that's not really watching the games that closely, uh, you might be able to get Papali on the cheap.
1: For sure. So,
0: uh, all right, let's turn our attention to Hunter Thedford. Again, not a guy that's making a ton of noise but somebody that we think could end up making some noise before it's all said and done, right?
1: Yeah, this is a long shot at tight end, but um, I picked him because the tight end is such a tricky position to get consistency. So now in this league, we're seeing like if you don't have a bug Howard and you have one of the guys that's not getting a lot of looks, um, Thedford definitely is somebody to watch. He did not play week one. Week two, he came in and had five targets and a touchdown. Week three, he had another five targets. Those haven't um, equated too many yards or receptions. He just has two receptions in each game, 10 yards uh, week two, 11 yards week three. But he's somebody that the Maulers are looking at. They're throwing at often. Um, 21% of the target share week two, 16%. Week three, they're not throwing the ball a lot. We know that. But if you are desperate at tight end, he's getting the looks that can eventually lead to production. So I definitely thought he was worth a long shot.
0: I'm glad you say that because I have him in our experts league and I'm pretty excited about the fact that uh, I need him because we were, we came in and we were talking about guys like Barnes. We were talking about uh, guys like, well, obviously bug, but um, we were talking about guys like Taquan Hampton, like these guys who have, who had uh, experience in the XFL, in the AAF in spring leagues and stuff like that. But so far, those guys have really been flashes in, in the pans. And if you didn't have, like you said, a Bug Howard or even a Sal Canella for that matter, he's been coming on lately. Um, Hunter Thedford, yes. One of the guys that's probably going to be somebody that you lean on, because that Pittsburgh team's got to do something, right?
1: Yeah, you, th- you would think.
0: <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that if you can't pass the ball down the field, then finding your tight end is definitely a reasonable facsimile on that as well. Um, you know, week two he had eight points, so not a bad day fantasy-wise. Obviously, you follow that up with it. Barely a two-point game. He's definitely somebody that if, if, if they're not me, <laughs> he's not sitting on my <laughs> roster, uh, you could probably try to go after if, if you're really needing a tight end because just as, as Justin said, uh, we, even with O'Grady, for that matter, we saw him come on in week one. Everybody was all excited, and then the last couple of weeks has been a severe dip, so it's a crapshoot at that position.
1: And it really is, and he's he's a, another guy that's a really good run blocker. So he's on the field a lot, especially in that Mahler's offense.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say on the Mahler's offense, the, the tight ends are expected to block and block for that run game. But, I mean, you could get Josh to, to get one out and sneak one out to him every once in a while, you know, a little play action, keep it close to the line of scrimmage. And who's going to be standing there? Hunter Thedford. So uh, sure. I don't hate it. I, I think, uh, like I said, if he's out there on the waiver wire – our, our league, folks, is a super deep league. I, I made the benches deep on purpose because I wanted to make sure that nobody was, was trying to get over on anybody, and we needed to stack our rosters right away because um, we had a lot of smart people in the room, and, and too many smart people in the room. <laughs> you get away with stuff if, if you leave too many open bench spots. For sure. So, uh, all right, let us continue on to a guy. We were talking about preseason as being uh, – oh. God, I keep touching the wrong button. As a guy who uh, who has actually should have been a, a contributor, uh, but unfortunately never hasn't seen uh, the the field of play yet. But you're getting sneaky with your Brennan Eagles call here, Justin. Uh, explain yourself.
1: Yeah, so I was really high on Brennan Eagles uh, on preseason just because of his his explosiveness. Um, he's a former sprinter, but he's also six foot three. And most of these guys, um, if they're injured for more than a week or two, it seems like they're getting cut. Uh, Brennan Eagles has not been cut. So to me, that means they know how valuable he is. They want to get him involved. And I think he's a guy that um, as soon as he's healthy, he's going to make an impact. And uh, again, on that star's offense, if Brian Scott's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks of, well, he is, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league right now. He's moving the ball very efficiently, so it's an offense you want pieces of. And since he hasn't played yet, Brandon Eagles is probably sitting out there, probably flying under the radar, and I think he's somebody that has the talent to make an immediate impact.
0: Did you just go through my roster? I mean, I basically think you just went through my (laughs) roster. Brandon Eagles (laughs) on my team still, so I love to hear that as well sleeper guy that I've been sitting on since day one because he is a member of that Philadelphia Stars offense and look I don't think that Brian Scott's going to stay on the shelf all that much longer uh, I feel like even if he does take this week off that'll be it and he'll be back and ready to go for week five which means again if if Brendan Eagles comes back right about the time Brian Scott comes back that's just another weapon in his arsenal and for the leading passing team in the league uh, yeah all the receivers are in play there and we've seen that time and time again over the course of the last couple of weeks that this Philadelphia Stars offense has heroes uh, on the team all around it, and and Brendan Eagles could definitely be that guy. Uh, I am now accepting offers, I suppose, for Brendan Eagles. Make me a deal. Uh, actually, give me a give me a defense, Justin. Maybe I'll give you a Brendan Eagles for that. I'm, I'm still, I think
1: you do need a defense. So. Still rolling without
0: a defense. Uh, just, I, I, I love to live dangerously, folks. I know that defenses uh, aren't necessarily the greatest in this league sometimes. Uh, unless you are, of course, the Panthers, in which case then you're really good last week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for ben and Eagles again. We we talked a lot about what he did uh, coming into this and 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 just where he's landing. So this is definitely a good speculative play, especially given the fact that there's still what six weeks left now in this in this uh, is it six or is it seven? I think we're at seven left to go. I can't count very well. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out for Brendan Eagles. If he's out there on the waiver wire, which he probably is in most of your leagues, I know, like I said, our, our, our benches are absolutely deep. So, he's not available in ours. But he's probably available in yours. Uh, so, go make either make a bid for him or, or at least try to make a trade for him, uh, in which case you'll be very pleasantly surprised when you get him. Um, all right, let's move on to Tampa where we talk about the Tampa Bay running back, Jawan Washington. Broke on the scene, actually, last week. Did really well uh, after a couple of quiet weeks. Um, he carried the ball 15 times for 65 yards and a touchdown. Good for 12.5 fantasy points. I feel like, look, I, I know B.J. Emmons was the lead guy there, but I feel like this week Washington really did look every bit the stronger back than B.J. Emmons. It just looked like B.J. Emmons over the last couple of weeks has been sort of taking a backslide, and for me, that has given way to uh, Juwan Washington just kind of gaining steam and, and being that guy. You look at where Emmons was. Week one, he came on 13.8 points. Week two, 8.3. Week three, five. But you know, on the flip side, Washington's actually had himself a couple of good weeks in a row to where, you know, well, okay, a oh, good week in a row but 12.5 I still think he's being the dominant running back there and you might see that going forward
1: yeah I absolutely agree um I did not think that BJ Emmons was necessarily getting the job done I thought they needed more running production and um Juwan Washington stepped up this week and gave them that so I I feel like they're probably going to continue to go with him and move forward with him over Emmons. Um, I think they'll both still be involved. But, you know, again, since he didn't have the same production those first two weeks, he's probably sitting out there and is available in your league as long as you don't have the the six bench spots in our eight-person league.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because that's Colby has that sitting there. Uh, right there on that. So, uh, yeah, Colby, Colby has Jawan Washington. In fact, Colby drafted Jawan kind of late. So, uh, he got himself a good steal in that, in that position too. But yeah, keep an eye out for Jawan Washington. I, I honestly think that, uh, this is going to be the guy. And, uh, even if they go to a two back system, just like you said, I I think Jawan Washington is going to continue to be the stronger runner. Um, they both had good averages, but Jawan just kind of out touched him. Uh, and then even still, uh, it, it could end up eventually getting evolved evolved, involved in, in the passing game as well. Uh, so we'll see out of, out of, um, out of Jawan Washington. All right, let's take a look now at Derek Dillon. Derek Dillon actually was a really, to me, I liked watching him play this week because uh, he just came out of nowhere. I mean, we talk about guys that come out of nowhere. This is a week three guy week one he had one point week two he did nothing week three he came out for 20.5 points uh, i almost stayed in in tampa for all of my players this time but uh six catches 124 yards and a touchdown looked every bit as good as i think uh he really is and and i think we're going to see a lot of that going forward
1: yeah he looked really good in fact it was good enough um even though he had nothing in week two he had 11 yards in week one Um, week three performance was good enough to get him the 10th ranked receiver for receiving yards overall through three weeks. So if you can do that in one week, obviously that's very impressive. Um, And I think we can expect more of the same moving forward. So he was,
0: uh, well, three players had six targets in this game and Dylan was one, Papali was the other, Franklin was the other. So there's a lot of targets to go around at the very least. I mean, you know that Tom 36 times that he he put the ball up in the air, if he's going to continue to do that with any consistency and we've seen exactly the potential now for what Dylan can do, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go in for him. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be available in deep leagues, but if it's a six team league uh, with, with two bench spots or three bench spots like the SGPN, he's probably sitting out there because this is the first week he blew up. So I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that nobody wanted to grab him after week two. Probably nobody drafted him, really, because who knew who Derek Dillon was before coming in? And then after week one, no one was clamoring for him after his one-point performance. So, um, you know, again, just, just somebody to keep an eye out. I, I have a feeling that we're, we're going to see a lot of throwing the ball <laughs> in, in, uh, in Tampa now because uh, there's a lot of uh, ticked-off people that want to see Tom who just kind of ball out. And, uh, you know, that, that could be very well overhead. So if we do that, then Derek Dillon could stand a good chance of being the beneficiary of that.
1: Oh, and not to mention the, the Bandits' defense has not been that impressive at all. So they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up. Um, so I definitely have, Obviously, that just raises his value even more.
0: I concur. Speaking of raising values... I talked about him a little bit ago, but Paul Terry for the Philadelphia Stars, in my opinion, I think is going to be a major player for this team uh, moving forward. Look, I know Colburn is good, but just Paul Terry brings something different. And and you saw it from the first time he carried the ball, just came in explosive. But really, the fact that he caught eight passes for 52 yards in and of itself is, is enough for me to, to want to go ahead and... And, and hang my hat on what he's got going forward, so much so that I still have him on my team. But that might not be the case for some people because we didn't talk about him last week after he blew up for his eight-point performance, uh, moving up to his 10-point performance. So over the last couple of weeks, it has been steady, steady moving up for Paul Terry after not even being in in week one. So um, I think the Stars are starting to get a little bit of faith in giving him touches. I think that continues, and, and I think he's somebody that you should definitely target going forward for anybody but my team.
1: No, I think his value is about equal to a defense. So if you want to trade, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely agree. I know he wasn't as efficient running the ball this week as he was last week. Just the way he got involved in that passing game, 27% of the target share. And whether that's Scott or Cookus, I think it might even be higher if Cookus is in next week because he's, you know... He doesn't go through the reads as well as Scott, so there are going to be some dump-off plays like that, and Paul Terry's the guy that's getting those. But I still think he holds value in the fact that you know Scott's a very smart football player, so Scott knows when to dump the ball off when he has to get out of there and get um, his last option there at the running back. So definitely a lot of value there, especially if he can continue to be um, part of the passing game like he was this past week.
0: Well, and he is also part of that spring league just mafia that they got going on over there. Uh, he was with Andrus as well uh, as part of the spring League. So you know, these guys all understand this offense that they're started that they're running. And obviously it's Brian Scott is the the mastermind of it because he again was with Andrus for the last three seasons in the spring League as well. So to me, that goes a long way and now you're starting to see that kind of come to fruition. Uh, with Paul Terry's latest performance. And, you know, again, I just I think that's going to continue to get better for him as he sees more touches. Uh, Should Brian Scott get healthy again? And, you know, uh, even with Brian Cookus, uh, I, I don't – there was not a whole huge drop-off in that offense like I think we thought there was going to be. So hats off to Cookus for coming in and coming in prepared
1: agreed yeah and the nine targets that terry saw in the passing game was the most a running back has seen through three weeks so um obviously that just makes him that much more valuable eight
0: catches in in a ppr is eight points i mean it's the same as if he ran or 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 even caught for 80 yards so Mm -hmm. uh, i'll take that all day every day from a running back uh, which is exactly what you got so paul terry guys if you want to make a bid for him try uh, Justin, don't try because I will fleece you for Paul Terry. Uh,
1: <laughs> not just a defense? Is that what you're a, saying?
0: I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> we'll make the trade, I'm sure. So, uh, all right, Justin, we've come to the end of our players that to watch. Uh, just just to kind of go over them one more time, you had uh, Vinny Papali, Hunter Thedford, Brandon Eagles, uh, I had Jawan Washington, Derek Dillon, Paul Terry. So if you see any of those names on your waiver wire and you need help, That is where you should be looking, or just if you want to make a trade, make a deal with somebody for him. Uh, Those are the way you're going to be going. All right, Justin, as we wrap it up, let everybody know. uh, Any final thoughts, by the way, on on week three as we head into week four?
1: Uh, You know, I'm just happy that uh, the USFL is still moving forward. There's been no setbacks. It's been great football again. It wasn't like um, week one was great, and then they kind of fell off. Um, It's just been a lot of fun. I'm glad to have uh, got to be a part of it all.
0: Me too, and I still like watching the Birmingham home crowd come out and have some fun and be raucous. It's it's actually exactly what you're looking for. For sure. So, uh, all right, well, we got to make it through Week 5. That's the threshold. Week 5, Week 8, actually, is, is what uh, the AAF made it. Well, let's see, what did the AAF make it through? I feel like we made it through eight weeks in that league, but whatever. Week 5 is where I'm pressing. If we can make it past Week 5, then I'll, I'll exhale a little bit. We'll see, unless some drastic... <laughs> something happens between now and then. So, uh, all right. Let everybody know where they can find you on social media, Justin.
1: Yep. Follow me on Twitter at J football.
0: That is correct. And then find everything he does on the sports gambling podcast.com website. I of course can be found at RJ via Gomez. You can find all of my stuff on the SGPN website as well. And of course, uh, you can subscribe to the show on the SGPN app, wherever you get your favorite podcast Spotify, Apple, wherever. Go ahead and leave us a review. We love to hear what you think and what we can improve upon uh, as we go forward Thursday. Actually, we got some surprises for you in the feed. Keep keep an eye on the SGPN podcast because uh, especially the fantasy football one, we're, we got a few things coming in the pipe for you. Just uh, keep, keep your ears open on the feed. You'll be pleasantly surprised in a little bit. So I'll keep it at that. That way you go, what is he talking about? And you keep listening. So until next time, everybody, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Justin Rod for the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for playing. And let it ride.